weaving in and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from. This is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a podcast that's going to ask you the question, Do you want to party? Because it's party time, guys. Mm-hmm. My name is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking all about the soundtrack to one of our just probably one of our all-time favorite Fuck yeah. horror films. Mm-hmm. We're not going to give it away just yet, unless. but if you didn't know what it is based on that intro, we yeah. got some talking to for uh-huh. you here. Uh, before we go any further, let me remind you, of course, we are part of the Boom Howdy Podcast Network. Boom Howdy. A network that includes Control-Alt-Delete, Tundiculous, Forever Bogus, and finally, the first episode of the Boom Howdy Podcast. Right. <laughs> Very excited to see yes, that. Yes, it's awesome. They just launched their first episode. was great. Um, all of our back episodes can be found at BoomHowdy.com, or if you're like me and you like to listen to us, go. you can search for either Nightmare Junkhead or Boom Howdy in your iTunes or Stitcher app, and when we upload our latest episode, it will automatically download to your listening device of choice. So to get started here... I've always been a fan of horror scores. Mm-hmm. You know, the the original music composed yeah. specifically for the, the 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 movies. Right. And there are some just classics There's out there. Yeah, some themes. I oh, mean, just I mean, if you if you if you think about it, you know, you think of John Carpenter. Mm-hmm. You think of the theme from Halloween. And Freddy's theme. Freddy's theme. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Um, Mark. Like, what's his name? Mark Marconi, the one who did. Oh, Ennio um, Marconi. Uh, no, 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 no. Um, he did uh, Jason's. Jason Oh, uh, man, uh, man, Mancini. Mancini, no. yes. Henry Mancini. No, Henry no, Mancini's like, yeah, that's, boop, 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 boop. that's baby elephant. That's the fucking Dactari, dude. That's, that's not. <laughs> that's not a horror movie unless you look at to, unless you look at it the animal's point of view. Then it's fucking terrifying. But <laughs> I'm gonna have to. We're gonna. I, I want to say, um, man, Freddy, something like that, something along those yeah. lines. Yeah. Um, even like. Um, I'm just thinking of um, like a Philip Glass, Candyman. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, just some really good. I mean, these are these are the scores that really intensify and make the movie so much more. Mm-hmm. You know, some people argue Halloween wouldn't be the movie it was without the theme. Without that the, the, theme, the bum, bum, bum. Bum. Yeah. yeah, just so simplistic and wonderful. So um, there's been a whole resurgence of re-releases of all these movie scores. Um, Mondo Records, Death Waltz have all been releasing them, and some of them are really obscure too, mm-hmm. which is even better um they're releasing a lot of the italian horror movies yeah uh you're getting like the beyond um a lot of the goblin scores <laughs> yeah and then uh the gonk oh the oh, well, the gonk is. <laughs> classic <laughs> yeah. classic stuff and goblin was uh they were kind of a prog rock metal band mm-hmm. that just really fit nicely yeah. into composing scores for the films have you ever heard of the one for um phenomenon no, the one good? with Jennifer Connelly. No, yes, where she actually can uh, mind control and has a link with insects. Oh, really? Oh, it's really good. And wow. this is young Connelly, like labyrinth. Con- oh, pre labyrinth. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So that's pre career opportunities. So you know you yeah. don't you don't have to feel bad watching right. it. You can go, oh, she's a really good actress. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there's just so much more going on, um, and especially they're re-releasing them all on vinyl, which is because that's just that sound that it crackle does. and that. and because I think you know when you we think about when they were released, they were all primarily released on vinyl at the time, and so it just makes sense that that's how they're doing it. And it's not necessarily a, a hipster things per se, because I know people there's that association, unfortunately, right. vinyl and hipster, what have you. Mm-hmm. But I've gone out of my way to try to collect as many of these as possible, which led me um, to kind of I was like, you know, it would be a really good thing, and would be a lot of fun is if we actually listen to one of these and kind of talk about the the score and just our feelings on the movie in general so we're going to do a little segment called what's the score where we talk about our favorite 
movie scores. Mm-hmm. And the first one we have for you, and I'm I'm sure all of you are already screaming, going, "Well, that's not a score, you guys. I know what movie you're talking about." But I have, fuck you. <laughs> the short, the short and yeah. simple of it there. Uh, but the one that we're going to focus on today isn't a traditional movie score because it is technically it's a soundtrack. But it's a soundtrack that is almost has achieved the cult status of the movie itself. Yeah. Um, if you have, it's so good. It really is. It's it's one of those that you 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 name this movie and people go, oh, the movie's great, but oh shit, that soundtrack is mm-hmm. really good. And I'm not opposed to soundtracks for the most part. Um, I usually go out of my way to try to find the score just because I like the original music but I really think the way that the songs for this film work so well yeah. with the just the way just in terms of the fits it, it does it sets the theme it, it sets the mood like a traditional score and that's just it yeah, yeah you almost don't need a score right uh but if you haven't guessed it by now we are talking about 1985's return of the living dead yes yeah, so and we've covered this movie front ways back ways like this one <laughs> on, on not only on nerds the nostalgia our other podcast uh, listen but also uh, on this one too we, yeah but it's just it's, it's such a, a good movie this is one of those films that regardless of my mood it works mm-hmm. i can watch it non-stop yeah. it doesn't matter it's just it's it's one of those films that two in the afternoon two in the morning yeah if it's on i'm gonna it's watch gonna, it well, yeah exactly you know even if it's edited i'll still watch it because that in itself can be kind of fun mm-hmm. but it's just a film that hits all the right cylinders it's just it's funny it's horrific it's got great performances. Linnea. Linnea's in it. Our, our gal Linnea. Our lady <laughs> Linnea, if you will. Uh, and it's also got a great soundtrack. Mm-hmm. So I want to tell a little story, though, in terms of how I found this. Because this is a very rare record. Yeah, and it's a good I've, story, too. Yeah, and I've, I've, been, I've, looked, I've sought it out on eBay. And, I mean, it goes for a lot of money. And I'm just like, oh, shit, I'm just never going to own it. You know, I've got digital. You know, I've got it on digital. You know, that's fine. And dandy, right. everyone has that. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's just, you know, it's actually seeking it out, finding it. So... We do have a, just a wealth of really good record stores here in the Kansas City area. Yeah, we do. It's incredible. We have a Vinyl Renaissance, uh, Zebedee's, Mills Records. Um, you can even buy records at um, Prospero's. Oh, yeah. They no. got some good shit there, Half too. Price Books actually Half has, Price a, really Books has a really selection. good selection. Yeah, I got a so, Bill Cosby record from there. Oh, you know what? It's <laughs> it's hard to listen to that. We just found uh, Bill Cosby himself on vinyl, and I'm like, oh, I really like I could probably say that one frontwards and backwards, but it just has a, a different tinge to it now. Now, unfortunately, can't really enjoy it the way I used to. Um, but a new one that opened up is called Josie Records, and they're actually based out of Texas. And they uh-huh. just opened up a new place off of 18th and Oak. They're getting really regional here for you, not in the Kansas City area. Uh, but this last weekend, they did a soft opening, and I was just on a whim. I was like, you know, I want to go check it out, see what they have, because I seek out mostly, again, horror, horror scores or yeah. just scores in general and metal music. So I've got two specific things that I'm looking for. Because right. if I if I actually bought everything else I was interested in, I'd have no money. Yeah. So I like to kind of limit myself because it does make the hunt that much more fun. Mm-hmm. And so I'm browsing through uh, their soundtrack area, and immediately I find the soundtrack for The Kindred. Do you remember The Kindred? The, the, the little evil baby? Yep, yeah. the, the demon the in the demon baby in the bottle. Baby bottle. Uh-huh. So I was like, oh shit, that's kind of a good find. So I'm putting aside. Then I see... Uh, the score for Rambo First Blood Part 2 which we had screened the night before for a movie night that we do at my house and I'm like oh my god exactly serendipitous so I was like well that's a great I'm already I'm on cloud nine because we were talking about I was like that's a pretty good score you Mm -hmm. know and so I then go to the new arrivals because that's one of my favorite things digging through there because that's they don't necessarily classify they'll throw anything in there you know that they get so I'm going through there and I'm looking and the guy's next to me also looking and I'm kind of just looking over when he's pulling stuff out just to see what he is and sure as shit, man, he pulls it out, and I'm looking, I'm like, oh my god, 
my God, oh my God. And it's the Return of the Living Dead soundtrack. And he's staring at it. And in my mind, I'm like, if that guy doesn't put it down, I'm going to have to stab him. Right. Like, we're going to come to blows I'm for this. Shank a motherfucker. I'm, I'm going to eat his brains, <laughs> you know. Like, shank white power. <laughs> like, in your wrist development. I'm going to get him and I'm going to turn it, you know, so the wound doesn't close. I'm going to get him good. But fortunately for him, he put it back. And I mean, not a nanosecond went by when he put it back. I lifted it up immediately. <laughs> yes. I almost knocked him out of the way, actually. And he's like, oh, you like that, huh? And I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, I like that. And I was just like coveting it and everything. I think I actually texted you. Yeah, I'm you like, did. Yeah, you did. You're like, look what I found. And you sent a picture. I'm like, holy shit. And because yeah. this is this is like a unicorn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is something that's mythical. Like if you pass this up, you're going to regret it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to say how much I spent for it. It wasn't all that much, but it's still pretty pricey. For a record. To for the point my record. wife was like, uh, so I saw you spent uh, some money there at a record store. And I'm like, oh, honey. Yeah, trust like, me. Yeah, yeah, this is something I would be, I would regret immensely. And so picked it up and was just, I was so happy. And of course, they, I had to test it out to make sure it sounded good. And yeah, this is a first pressing. Do they have like things you could test out? They do. Like they have the listening stations? Yeah, they do. Yeah. Good. Oh, yeah. Which is good because you can get those records that look Still glossy, and they're all fucking scratched up, like some sort of like amateur DJ got it, like some avant garde, you know, kind of thing. And that's the thing because I like the snap hiss, I like a lot of that, but you know, as long as it's clear and sounds good, Mm -hmm. I'm good with it. Yeah. Uh, And so, yeah, took it home, threw it on. I'm like, oh my god, I cannot believe this is like this is just a find. Um, So what we're gonna do with this is we are going to listen to bits and pieces of the record and kind of share our memories of just the movie itself, you know, our association with it, um, and just talk about the, you know, the songs, the uh, the artists and everything, and just have a good time. Hopefully you as the listener then will enjoy this as well because this is just, this is good stuff yeah, here. So is. I wanted to open up with you kind of while I go and get the record player going. Uh-huh. What is your history with Return of the Living Dead? Well, I remember seeing it, the the poster of it, at uh indian springs getting real local here um but i was still a little too young and my mom hated zombie movies so i didn't get a chance to see it um i saw part two in the theater which is like but it's not the same but i saw it on like i think it was hbo or showtime when it came out oh i fell in love with it instantaneously it's fun it's uh and the, the fact that they, it opens up with the cramps, mm-hmm. which I, my first exposure to the cramps was actually the movie Back to the Beach. Yeah. Because the kid in that is wearing, he's wearing a, it's a like a, it's like, basically it's a, it's a metal cut, you know, yeah. with his jack, jean jacket and he's got a cramps back patch. And it was that stark yellow bad music for bad people one. And I'm like, yo, that looks metal as all get out. And I sought it out because of that. And then it was um, just kind of one of those happy accidents when I eventually got to see Return of the Living Dead for the first time. I'm like, I think I know this. Like, who is this? Because uh, Lux and Teary has such a very distinct voice. And even this song, if you think about when it's uh, placed in the movie, it's when they're transitioning, going from like the warehouse to the cemetery, going mm-hmm. on. And again, you don't necessarily need to score because the actual the beat of the music it works so well. Yeah, it just sets the whole tone, just it like really a bunch does. of punks, like. And that's the thing. This is this movie. This this whole soundtrack is kind of punk rock, mm-hmm. like this and Repo Man. Where those those soundtracks that you're always when you mention it you're like yeah that's punk rock man that's pretty kick ass yeah well you mentioned also Return of the Living Dead Part Two I actually had more of a metal soundtrack yeah. that went along with it but it was more like it was almost too goofy for me 
It's it actually well, and that's the thing. It's like the, a goofy remake. And honestly, the Return of the Living Dead to itself is mm-hmm. such a pale imitation yeah. of the original. It's it tried to do what Evil Dead Two did to Evil Dead One, but it didn't. But it failed spectacularly. Right. You know, to the it, point where like in the middle, like at the end when all the zombies are being killed, there's like a Michael Jackson, a Michael Jackson zombie, zombie, and I was like, uh, and I do distinctly remember though when I saw Return of the Living because I also saw Return of the Living Dead Part Two in the theater, and we're not going to talk all about Return of the no, Living Dead Part Two. No, we're talking about Part One right here. But the fact I remember distinctly the 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 kind of the dissonance when that zombie had the screwdriver stuck in there and like get this damn screwdriver out of my head and i thought it was kind of funny i'm like one of those like well should i be laughing this is a horror movie and then finally seeing the original right the stark contrast between the scary parts of it and the humor because it's a terrifying movie but and and it's it is a comedy but it's not necessarily played for laughs. There's very and dark humor. Yeah, it's like okay, this is not a knee slapping comedy. No. no, this isn't an Abrams. Not uh, this is Zucker a Zucker. And Abrams? Yeah. Oh, that would be interesting, wouldn't it? Oh my! In their heyday, I would have seen that. Right. Nowadays, probably not. Um, but no, this is a film that the cast. Perfect casting. The cast is unreal. Yeah. Now, when I watched it initially, I always identified with the younger people, the punks. And let's look at that collection of punks, man. You want to talk about the most stereotypical looking. But they were almost all different. There was like the new waver. Uh-huh. There was... The wholesome girl. Yes. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. The preppy one that was just kind of on the outskirts, the mm-hmm. outer fringe. Yeah. That was, you know, her family. You know her family hated her and her friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had Freddy, who was just... He was actually... And I love his work uniform. It's just, you know, the, the, the suspenders. The suspenders. The, look, the, they look like Bubba from, uh, from Mama's, Mama's family. family. Yeah, he had that whole, like... <laughs> He did actually have that vibe going. Uh, and you have Miss Linnea Quigley as Trash. Ah, uh, so just, wonderful. Who ushered many of us into manhood <laughs> yeah. with her, her lovely dance, which we will actually listen to that song as well. Mm-hmm. And I promise I won't jump on the thing here and recreate it. Unless you break out some flares and, you know, <laughs> go around me. Greg's doing it again. Greg's taking his clothes off again. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I just I I'm glad they opened with just an iconic band like the Cramps because the mm-hmm. cra- I mean the Cramps are iconic and it sets the tone. It's it, the the song is about zombies. It's, a, it's called the Surfing Dead, right? And but it's a fun, horrific song. I mean, there's people screaming in pain in the background, and you know, it's just a good because people die horribly. But when you have this, when you have this over it. It actually makes it kind of whimsical, mm-hmm. and of course. We're going to break into our next one here because this is probably my favorite. Yeah. 45 Grave Party Time, guys. This Now, this song kicks in, and especially the, do you want to pop? Right when the zombies are rising. Yeah. And this sets the tone, man. Because mm-hmm. this, this, it's just got energy. Because it had that zombie with, like, just a skeleton. And, and his eyes. eyes. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Okay, let's wait for it, y'all. We're going to let you listen to it. Oh yes, you want a party when you hear this fucking song, man. And and again, all the horrific stuff is starting to happen now. The dead are rising from the grave, Mm -hmm. and there's again the contrast because you've got the punkers, you got trash who was earlier fantasizing in the movie about how you ever. You ever think about all the different ways there is to die? I try not to when I can. Miguel Nunez, way before Joanna Man, way before even about the same time he got off in a Hanging Friday the Thirteenth yeah. Part Five. Yeah, you know he needs he should have st- stuck with horror. 
I, I loved him in horror movies. He should have stuck with horror because he's a good like horror foil. He is. And I know people are like, oh, the black guy dies first. Not in this one. No, not at not all. in this one. He, ba- he outlasts everyone. Yeah. And if it wasn't for the U.S. government mm-hmm. laying waste to everything, mm-hmm. he would have continued to survive. That's actually a really good subversion of the cliche. Yeah. This I whole didn't... movie turned the whole genre on its ear. This is the first movie where you have the fast-moving zombies. Yeah. Which and, I... the, and the intelligent zombies. They speak. Yeah. Send more paramedics. Yeah. That that was very interesting, and I know there's a huge contention of people that don't like the fast-moving zombies, and I understand that because mm-hmm. it goes away from Romero's vision, and Romero is the Godfather, right? You know, but I don't think. But if you look about uh, the actual creation of this, this is when John Russo and Romero, who both did the Night of the Living Dead, they parted ways. Yeah, and they took the living. John Russo took the Living Dead moniker, and then uh, Romero took just the dead. The dead. And he made it distinctly his, but they pay homage to each other. They're, yes, yeah. I mean, he basically they opened the movie with. You ever seen that movie, Night of the Living Dead? Yeah. Ah, yeah. And that was so good because you, if you knew the background, you're like, you know what? That's that's pretty. Why, yeah. why wouldn't they do that? Right. Well, and there's just the way James Karen and I. Tip of the hat to oh, James Karen in this film. So good in his screams. Oh, he. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so good. He was the one, when, upon rewatch as an older guy now, I identify with him so much more than the kids. In fact, the, all the adults, there's such a great combination of the young punks and then the older folk. Mm-hmm. And just in terms of how they interact and you actually feel for him. Yeah. There's that great scene. When Karen's dying. Yes. When he's like, this is it. Oh, and he, he puts his, his wedding ring on the oh, thing. Oh, that was... Oh, it's heartbreaking. So sad. It is. Because he knew his fate, and he goes, You know what? Either I'm going to off myself or become a zombie. I'm going to off myself. And he looked, yeah, he looked. And he, there, there was a little throwaway line when they have, um, um, oh, good Lord, uh, the, mort- the mortician. Um, Bert. No. Bert, no. Ernie. Ernie. Ernie mm-hmm. When he's operating the furnace, and he's like, I could do this. We don't need him for that. Which sets up, yeah. <laughs> which is so nice. That's just a little detail that they throw in there for us, which I love. Yeah, they don't have to do that, but they did. Mm-hmm. And it's the little details in this movie, the little callbacks, little yeah, that make it. In fact, if you ever look at the little eye chart, it says Bert, Bert is a slave driver and a son, son of a, a bitch. bitch. <laughs> when you're watching the movie, there's some great scenes where you see it's an eye chart in the background, and it's again, if you're not looking at it closely, it does say Bert is a slave driver and a son of a bitch. It's so great, yeah, and we. Subtle. It's wonderfully subtle. Yeah. They do not go out of their way to point it out. This is one of those things like in uh, Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2. There's scenes where um, Ashley's Ash's necklace that he gives to Linda is on the ground, and it's in the shape of a skull. If you ever, if you ever watch that, oh, the camera... Oh, yeah, it is, isn't it? The camera pans across it, and they don't really go out of their way to show it, but it's those little things that geeks like us yeah. pick up, and we geek out little over. Little awesome Easter eggs. Just like, look at that! Yeah. And it's funny, when we went and saw it recently at the Alamo, Return of the Living Dead... Which was so fun, dude. This is a movie you need to see with a crowd. This is a movie you need to see with like-minded people, because when that showed up, the I, you could hear people laughing, uh-huh. because it was people like us that knew it was coming, Yeah. and again, you could see the people that are seeing it for the first time, they're like, what's so, what's funny, so funny about, about this? That? I'm like, and read it, dude. Yep, yeah. and it's just one of those, things like, we're going to introduce you here and let you enjoy that here. Um, I'm going to go switch uh, the, to the next song here, but I wanted you to talk a little about, and we talked about her already, but Miss Linnea Quigley. Oh, she... Because she, her, her dance... In this film. So mm. sexy. So basically, Linnea Quigley, if you haven't seen the movie, and if you haven't seen the movie, fucking pause this podcast right now and go watch this movie. Go it's, watch it now. Yeah, it's so fucking good. But anyway, so she decides that she's going to get naked, and apparently this is an everyday thing for her. 
So she gets naked and she gets on the dance. And it's so weird because it's almost ritualistic the way she's dancing because she's dancing on this big grave and it's like, and everybody's dancing around her with like, uh, whatever the flares. And it almost looks like a summoning spell type Absolutely, thing. Absolutely. It, yeah. it is very much so. It's a libation of nudity and sweat yeah. to make that happen, man. Uh-huh. And oh, it happens. She is so hot in that movie. And I'm, I'm not afraid to admit it to sound shallow, but it's just one of those things when you see, because uh, let's, let's, there's technically there's full frontal nudity, but apparently, right. yeah, if you watch the special features, oh. Uh, you can just see her, and she's wiggling a little tush and taking uh-huh. the trash. Is getting naked again. Ah, so good. But apparently, they made a prosthetic for her because when the producers came by, and they actually came by on the day they were shooting her scene, they freaked out because they're like, "You cannot show, like, bush. You, cannot, you can't show bush, right?" So right. They said, "Okay, well, Linnea, are you willing to shave down?" And she goes, "Sure." And so they she shaves it down. And they're like, "Oh my God, you can see more now. We can't have you do that." <laughs> so they were losing their shit over it. And so finally, the special effects guy made like basically a Barbie, um, a smooth. Yes, yeah. and so that always I. So this is a horrible admission, but you know, with the advent of DVD, you always had the zoom feature. Oh God, did you like like? Oh yeah, you can see the tan lines. What are you doing with it like I that? Was, it's, it's horrible uh-huh. to admit, but I, I would always, because I was looking, I was like, I see a little cleft there. That can't be just like a prosthetic piece. <laughs> but they, 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 you know, lifted the veil, shattered uh, the illusion for me. But even still, it's From just, a McMuffin to a McGuffin. To McGuffin. <laughs> That's genius dropping the mic right there. <laughs> but this song fits it so well, and it's, um, it's actually SSQ sung... Let's see here. I'm trying to think of it. I'm trying to remember who su- who sings the song, but it just works so well. And it's not necessarily punk per se, but it still has. It's kind of new wave. Yes, new well, wave. And we even have a new wave punker in there yeah. who um, gets um, separated with. Um, with oh, the goody two shoes. Yeah. No, not the goody two shoes. Oh no no no. Um, um, the kind of half punk because she's yes. got the side cut going on. She's almost got like a Marge Simpson, like Bride of Frankenstein, mm-hmm. large hair there, and she's got the blue but she's streak. Hot. Um. Oh my God, this is embarrassing. She I was, cannot remember her. Name. She looked like a lead singer of the Jets. She was hot. Oh, nice! I didn't yeah, even think about that. No, she, she made a career in like the Hollywood hot tub movies. Oh, and it's gonna hit course. me. It's gonna hit me eventually. <laughs> well, which surprised me then because she got <laughs> naked in those movies. Yeah, didn't at all with this one because she was like almost the good girl punk. She, was. she wasn't the goody goody girl, but she was like the good girl punk. She had that great line when he was like, "Hey, do you like sex and death?" She was like, "Yeah." So fuck off and die. Yeah, which is so great. It was so good. It just—it seemed like a, a true bunch of friends just ripping on each other. And, and this isn't a costume. It's a way of life. It's a way of life. Yeah. Have some respect for the dead. I mean, let's talk about suicide. His character is phenomenal yeah. in that uh, one. And he's complex. He is. He's a very complex character. It's weird. Because he looks like you would think like he's the big, like, heavy, you know. And then and, and to a point, he, he is. is. Yeah. He is. But at the same time, it's just like, you know, show some respect for the dead. And it's weird. You don't expect that from punks. No, not from, no, not at all. Yeah. In fact, yeah, he, and I think he's kind of the elder statesman. And he's actually the one, because, spoiler alert, he's the first to die. Yeah, he is. And that was very shocking. By Tarman. Oh, uh, let's talk about Tarman. Tar- tar- you want to talk about iconic characters, yeah. man? They got they they hired a super emaciated thin guy to wear the Tar Man suit, and that's it's all practical. Is well, speaking of Tar Man, before we get into Tar Man, yeah. where's the song with the, the dun, when the Tar Man is melting? 
Oh, unfortunately, that's original music for this. It is not on the soundtrack. Oh, because I love it. It's almost like a march, and uh-huh. that that actually always to this day scares me. It's like a death march, and it he's is. just melting the whole time. And it's a great because it's in the it's in the intro credits, and you just get that great just a passage of time. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, you melt, he melted. Oh, you son of a bitch, and you oh, again just Fred. Oh, yeah, love the interaction between um Freddy. And, and Ernie. Ernie. Yeah, just so, so, so good. Yeah. Just the chemistry between them. And even um, James Karen and, um, oh, I can't even remember his name now. Clue Gulliger? Not Clue Gulliger, um, uh, that played Freddy. Because um, he was in, oh, he was Tommy fuck. Jarvis Tommy in Part Jarvis. Five, but they repri- kind of reprised their roles in Part, in two, part two, which but is they're weird. Grave robbers in yes. this one. Yeah, I, I I do prefer their performances in the first one though. It's, it's just like working stiffs. Yep, literally, literally. <laughs> Because they get stiff. And I've never noticed this before, but um, when they have the cadaver that's um, on the hook, and you actually get Bert, um, who is basically, he's st- so far away from the action, and he's got Freddy opening the um, the door, and he's basically just out of the way so nothing happens. And I love just how the cadaver makes a beeline to him and yeah. knocks, oh, it's so fucking funny. That, again, therein lies the humor which is just that great contrast to the horrific stuff that's going because on. Because it gets violent and ugly. Sui- quick. Suicide's death in this one it's, is nasty. Yeah, you, and then the acid in the face. Oh, yeah. And, oh, and the the one that gets me the which, most, the one, it's not even a death, it's just one, it's just such good practical effects, is the zombie on the slab. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, and okay. Let's, and, and you see the tail moving. And you even the, get the like spinal some of the, moving, the spinal fluid, fluid coming out. Yeah. Well, this is where, and just in terms of zombie lore, and this is where it gets really scarily existential, mm-hmm. where oh, they re- yes. they reveal why they're eating brains, not people. Brains. Brains. Because it hurts. To be dead. How messed up is yeah. that? And brains relieves the pain. Yes. It's like, fuck. You kind of feel for them, because yeah. you know what? We're all going to die. Mm-hmm. So we're all, unfortunately, in that universe, going to experience the pain of death. I know. I can't even imagine the pain. Death. No, no, and apparently uh, it just the, the fact that the and it's weird though that they specified brains. Yeah, and maybe it's because we don't access our full potential with our brains, and this is the know. only way to. I don't right. know, but it's just like why brains? Because in Romero's films, it was just the it's flesh. Just anything, anything yeah. and everything. In fact, they don't really technically call them zombies in his world. It's usually like ghouls. In or initially, Romero's? in Romero's, it was initially yeah. they were called ghouls. Then eventually they yeah. switched over to the zombie lore. But yeah, I just love the fact that you get. And then even then, you know, they call them deadheads or something. Yeah. So. Well, of course you got to you know give yeah. it to them good like that. Okay, I'm. Let's see here. So we've listened to the Cramps. We got 45 Grave. Ooh. Okay. So we're gonna listen to Rory Erickson's because this is the song where James Karen's character actually. And it's oh, it's so sad. This re- music is just like heartbreaking it could almost be a country song it's so it heartbreaking really could, yeah i lost my wife and my truck and my life now I'm gonna be a zombie so i'm burning hell it's like <laughs> yeah this one it's sad it really is it again it fits the mood mm-hmm. and they didn't need a, a traditional score for this they i so whoever put the soundtrack together did a hell of a job yeah just in terms of the intense songs the sad songs the sexy songs yes it all culminates in a whole because here this is just this just sounds melancholy uh-huh you know it just got like that. a like almost like 50s heartbreak oh yes yeah. Roy Erickson man this 
Ah, and this is actually this film, this uh, the soundtrack did introduce me to a lot of good stuff. Uh, the Damned, Rory Erickson, Forty Five Grave. All of those were because the damned is pretty damn good. The damned is the, the damned shit, is really man. fucking good. In man. fact, we'll play that one next because if I remember right, that's the song where they're actually in the car traveling to go pick up Freddy. If I remember mm-hmm. right, again, just little. I can hear these songs now and instantly see where it's at. And yeah. to me, that's either the sign of a good score or good soundtrack listing, mm-hmm. just because it works so well. I, I think one of the only people that can that in new movies that burn has the good, flame. Mm, sorry, <laughs> that can get. The music with the the mood of the film just right is Tarantino. Well, he writes his scripts specifically with music in mind, yes, and which makes sense. Yeah, but it's there's a similarity because it just it's perfect. I can't imagine anything else substituting right. for it. Yeah. And to me, if you did that, it would probably just ruin the mm-hmm. effect. And so this is one of those again. I'm not a big soundtrack fan per se, although mm-hmm. I did pick up the Back to the Beach soundtrack. Uh, you know, if you can't have Fishbone and you know, right, ska, ska, ska. and Pee Wee doing Surfing Bird, <laughs> it's you know. But this is just one of those that to me stands the test of time. Mm-hmm. It's just so much fun. Yeah. It's so gory. I, I this is the whole movie and the soundtrack. Just it's peanut butter and jelly. It, it really- just. Bits. And you can have a jelly sandwich on its own and it's delicious. You can have a peanut butter sandwich on its own and it's fucking phenomenal. But you put that shit together, god damn, it's some good shit. And that laughter when he's just crying and he is. Oh, James Karen oh. kills it. He is probably my favorite part of this movie. Oh, most definitely. And to say that is just because he's just he's not inconsequential. In he's just the older guy, and you're not necessarily as again. This is a film targeted for teens. Yeah, for the most part. You know I mean, because look at the de- I mean, look, look at the the, the cover. The I mean, co- it's they're punks. The cover depicts punks. It's yeah, so dead wonderful. Punks. You got the mohawk. You got the spiked collar, and you got the guy tagging the grave. The tombstone. Yeah. Yes, Return of the Living Dead. It is just. Everything works so well with this, and I'm just happy. I ha- hell, I just want to frame this. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's it's a frameable. This is just wonderful artwork for the the title of the because uh, this was on the VHS cover, the DVD. You should get that signed at Crypticon. Well, I'm looking at that. Where would they sign though? Uh, 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 oh yeah, I suppose. Uh, yeah, I guess there's other markers besides black, right? <laughs> Unless I wanted to make it manic and really depressing, you know? It's like use that's the pretty brutal. Use a black marker, only mark in the black area so I really can't see it. Um, yeah, there's, I don't know, I'm just so just enamored with this film. And it's one of those that I can it's watch over and over. Movie. It really I is. I mean, it's, a- it's, it's brisk. I want to talk about really quickly, uh, one of the things that really messed me up watching it the first time. And again, I distinctly remember, I take a drink every time I say I distinctly remember. Um, <laughs> but there's that great scene where they're going out to the uh, the ambulance and he opens the door and he sees this zombie eating this guy's brains and he shoots him. And the zombie gets up and it's, I don't know if it was a little person, if it was a dwarf. But that one that's like that half zombie oh, that's yeah. basically shuffling. Yeah, and he's got like weird arms and just like, like, like a flipper baby or something. Yeah. Ooh. Release the Kraken. <laughs> yeah. That freaked that me out. That was fucked up. Because that was a real person. Yeah. Again, now. All it, practical. All practical. And the, the thing about it is there were such good effects, especially for being practical and yeah. especially at the time. Because this was a low budget movie. Very much so. You know, but you couldn't tell. No. You know, just even that zombie on the slab was just amazing. It looked like Jim Henson could have done it. You Absol- know, that's a, that would have been very interesting yeah. to see Jim Henson do a little horrific thing like hmm. that. You don't need your head to live. You know, just I like, guess he technically has a few times. <laughs> right? um, you seek the junction. 
<laughs> Taking out eyeballs and Taking shit. Taking out eyeballs. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna get us to the damned here in a second. So while I do the transition here, um, what in particular, like like top five moments for you in this film? Huh. Definitely um, when the zombies come out of the grave. Do you want a party? Yeah. Um, the uh, the dead hurts. Uh, Tarman. Let's see. That's the beginning. Dead hurts. Tarman. Um, Ooh, a nice hiss for y'all. Yeah. The um. The when when um Frank was this Freddy is trying to get into the attic and he's saying come on come on love you baby i just want to nibble your ear for a little bit and then the ending the ending such a fucked up nihilistic as all get out ending because uh, spoiler alert for you know a 30 year old movie it's not a happy ending no it's not disney there are no survivors not at all they have that epilogue with the the u.s government and it shows that general coming home how was your day? Crap. Yeah. You know, just you know, just 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 completely jaded. Uh, but it was basically like, have you found the missing the package, items, the yeah. package? And so they laid that early because then, of course, the the obvious answer to their their woes are there is actually the number for the say if anything happens, call this number. Mm-hmm. And they're finally like, oh shit, we should just call this number. And they do, and they're like, well, it says they've got a contingency for this. We'll take care of it. Just stay there. We'll we'll handle it. And there's that great use of silence, and then the. Mm-hmm. You hear they shoot off a nuclear missile at them, and then next thing you know, zombies are more everywhere. Because yeah, they initially burn all the rabid weasels. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, it's, we haven't talked about the weasels. No, we haven't talked about that. Uh, but they burn them in, and they basically I'll just take them out and shoot them. No, 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 you can't do that. No, no, that, no, that'd be cruel, man. Oh, goddamn. <laughs> Uh, but they they mention the fact that uh, again in terms of like the difference between this and Romero. You can't kill them no. by smashing the brain, right? Because they shoot him right in the head. They the first thing they do is the they put pickaxe. a pickaxe through the one guy. You think the movie lied? Mm-hmm. Uh, which is again is unsettling because how do you stop the dead? You, you really can't. can't unless you just burn them to a crisp. And then if you do that, acid rain, y'all. Uh-huh. It's gonna, so it's just this horrible cycle because it wipes out everything. But they're like, oh, the fires will be put out by the rain, and the and rain then, is sure what started. Shit, yeah, you hit it again, mm-hmm. and then it kicks in with the forty-five grave right with the. Same, actually, it's the same, same skeleton. Same thing. Same thing in everything. But I didn't care. It was no, still so it much worked. fun. Like, here we go again. Yeah, rinse, awesome. repeat. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So good. I, and this is one of those films that, like I said, I could I can watch over and over again. It's so fucking good. It man. really is. It's 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 cynical. It's humorous. It's scary. It's gory. It's got a great soundtrack. Just so much right with it. The only zombie movie that has ever come close to capturing the magic of this movie is Shaun of the Dead. Yes. Well, Shaun of the Dead just is a loving homage to everything that makes a zombie film work. Right. And it's Edgar Wright, Simon Pegg, Nick Frost. I, they're us. Yeah, they're us with more talent. Very talented, yes. <laughs> Doing things with that talent. Because I'm kind of Nick Frostian in a way. You're Nick Frostian. <laughs> you do got wood. Well, you're, you are wearing a Hot Rod t-shirt right now, I should say. Our friends over at Atomic Cotton. Um but yeah, we're actually going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to do a Rotten Reynolds recommendation. But guys, watch Return of the Living Dead. Do yourself a favor. If you can find it on the, the soundtrack on CD, if you can find it on vinyl, mm-hmm. even if you have to buy it from iTunes, what have you, check it out. It's good stuff. You it's, can't go wrong. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. So we'll be right back with a Rotten Reynolds recommendation. Nobody understands me, you know that? 
I fucking bust my ass for you guys, and what do I get? You spooky. Fuck you, man. Fuck you all. I like it spooky. I mean, I got something to say, you know? What do you think this is all about? You think this is a fucking costume? This is a way of life. All right, we are back, and we are coming back with a Rotten Reynolds recommendation. And what is Rotten Reynolds, genius? Rotten Reynolds is a pot of gold when it comes <laughs> to when it comes to awesomeness. Basically, it is this the prize in the bottom of the cereal without the cereal. Oh, nice, nice! Yeah, it really is. Yeah, it really, really is. It's just a re- it's a recreation of all your old favorite VHS covers, replications of the artwork, the back cover, and inside. Not you don't find a VHS tape, but man, Scream Queen cards, Uh, Beetlejuice, zombie zombie tarot cards, little zombie figurines, little like creatures. I found uh, like some crow trading cards. Mm -hmm. Like you you don't know what you get until you open up. It's It's like a blind box, like those Japanese blind boxes. It's pretty genius. And then you get the fantastic cover art uh, for the VHS. It's Mm -hmm. the collect. It's the clamshell. It's wonderful. Yeah. And so sticking with the theme of zombies and good music, we touched upon it briefly. We're going to talk about. They have a recreation of there it is y'all mm-hmm. dawn of the dead which, one of the best zombies of movies of all time and it's arguably i mean when you listen when you see people doing their like top five mm-hmm. zombie films this is usually either yeah. one or two in there yeah because it is so influential it's the one that really gave the social commentary that made romero really famous and people mm-hmm. go oh shit they're actually saying something with this horror film yeah and it gave the, it gave almost gravitas to the horror it genre, really did you know it's it like, legitimized it mm-hmm. it made it an academic pursuit if you will yeah. now granted they they basically outright say it well this place was once important to them <laughs> it's like okay there goes the subtext over the head bunk. yep yeah. but it was no one was really doing that at the time with right. a horror film yeah and well even his original you know, it was, was very much a take super on race. Subtle, though. Yes, it yeah. was really good. So, Dawn of the Dead, uh, the score was done by Goblin. We talked about him earlier. Mm-hmm. My goodness. And if you can hear it in the background, it's just very droning and slow, but it just Like builds. the zombies themselves. It's just like slow walking, and then it keeps coming and coming, and there's more and more. It's, it definitely gives a sense of dread. It truly does. Yeah. It's perfect. And they were just this old Italian prog rock band that found a great niche <laughs> in developing scores because they, they produced so many good ones. Um, even for the original zombie film, mm-hmm. um, the phenomenon, uh, Sus- Suspiria. Yeah, it's just such good stuff, such good stuff. Uh, but yeah, this is the the follow up to Night of the Living Dead. Came out in '78. Uh, this is Savini really cutting his teeth with his mm-hmm. gore effects again, yeah. all practical gore. And I think probably the the one thing I hear people complain about this movie is the pacing because it is a long movie. Yeah. But there's a lot of character development going oh, yeah. on. I and mean, there's almost it's almost two movies. You have the uh, urban, yes, the urban whole like okay, we get everybody out. We don't know what's going on. There's some shit going down, and then that old. That old pastor, please let us pass. Or the dead ends in there. Let us pass. That was a really rough scene, actually. In fact, that whole siege on that apartment building is. That was. And and you know what? It's very. um, What's the word I'm looking for? Current. Yeah. It actually is. Unfortunately, it's very it's Just current. in terms of the race issue that's going on yeah. there with, uh, I can't remember the, 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 the crazed SWAT guy. Yeah, the crazed SWAT guy that just, I'm going to kill everybody. Yeah. But it, does, it does afford us one of the all-time great exploding head yeah. effects yeah. when he busts that door open and shoots that just with a shotgun and it just, mm-hmm. like, it's just, like. <laughs> just a bag of guts. Just it, I think that was like Savini really, um, you know, setting the standard for Maniac when there's that great headshot as well. <laughs> ah, yeah. And then you think of great headshots there. There's, um. 
Deadly Friend, Chopping Mall is another good yeah. one. But yeah, one of my favorite things about Dawn of the Dead, though, is the variety of zombies. Mm-hmm. Because that's the thing with the uh, Return of the Living Dead, you don't really get the variety right. for, per se. Just mostly the dead folk and their whatever they were, um, you know, buried in. But this with you get biker zombies, Hare Krishna zombies. Hare Krishna zombie. <laughs> and that guy is still making the rounds on the convention circuit. Yeah, he is. God love it's him for that. Rad. It is wonderful. <laughs> I'm so glad he's doing that because it is he's very iconic. He's uh-huh. one of those things you imagine. But the other thing I hear people complain, which just drives me nuts, is that it looks fake. And to me, this is really the first part of the outbreak. So, you know, the dead haven't really decomposed all that much. It's just they look... They just look like us. Yes. And they are us. Because you really get the extreme gore in Day of the Dead. Mm-hmm. And, and that's when they're all fucked up. Yeah. You get, a, what they call them, Dr. Tongue in that mm. intro so- shot. Uh, but yeah, Day- Dawn of the Dead works on so many levels in terms of the whole fact that, you know, we are just a consumeristic society that we'll eventually eat ourselves. Mm-hmm. And it eventually all good things come to an end. No matter how good you think it, you can't resist the onslaught. Right. Because then eventually Savini showing Savini up, and his band of... Uh, <laughs> obnoxious bikers man like pie in the face it becomes slapsticky which is kind of weird which i think threw some people off initially i cracked up when he put that pie in the in the zombie's face i was like that's hilarious it's pretty damn funny i'm not gonna lie and actually it's it's really good um levity it very much so you get that pathos that you need serious the whole fucking movie and then hey we're a bunch of crazy bikers you know have you ever seen the alternate event the uh the, the alternate ending uh which one is that where she um actually she doesn't get away where she actually the she steps into the uh, the helicopter blades and kills herself. Oh, she does. Yes. Oh. Instead of getting away on the helicopter, yeah, oh. yeah, with um, with, uh, with Ken Dwayne. Forey's parent, yeah, yeah. yeah Ken, and Ken Forey, again, that's an icon. Yeah, and that's the thing with Romero; he was always good about putting African American men in the leading roles, mm-hmm. and they weren't just cannon fodder. Right, they were very developed and detailed, rich characters, and they were they they were the moral centers they and they were, were the, the the reason the the voice of reason which was great to see yeah. and so Romero was really ahead of the game on he a lot of that stuff very ahead of the game yeah he had his shit going on yeah he did I mean but this is just one of those films again much like Return of the Living Dead this is one of those I can it can pop on and I'm gonna watch it all the yeah. way through you know and actually there's that, that that entire the siege on the mall if you will where they're basically shutting everything down and then it just shows them for a long time living the good life mm-hmm although I will say there's that horrible scene where Ken Forey's character is waiting on um, Flyboy and his girl, and it's just like a little subservient. I'm like, oh, that's not cool, Romero. Come on, man. You're better than that. Um, well, everybody has to take a turn of the tank, don't they? Right. <laughs> well, and didn't it wasn't this one of the things, too, that you almost fantasized about being stuck in a mall? Oh, yeah. I mean, that was just like, oh, yeah, that'd be kind of cool, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, until you, the, all the mall, the knights, and then the mannequins come alive, then that's a whole Oh, God, that's a whole nother movie. That's when you, uh, you know, cr- crush genres <laughs> there, if you will. Uh, but, yeah, definitely check out ronreynolds.com. They have Dawn of the Dead on there. They've got some Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, Zombie, Fulci Zombie. Mm-hmm. They've got some good stuff. But uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed this. We're going to do more segments like this where we focus on the horror scores. Yeah. We enjoyed it. And you know what? Tell us what you want to hear. Absolutely. Tell us some of a movie, maybe with something we haven't seen, maybe something recent, maybe yes. that has a good score. And especially know? if something is going to be, be uh, re-released soon. Yeah. Because again, Mondo, Death Waltz, they're all putting out these mm-hmm. great horror scores. So if you've got some recommendations or requests, throw them out there at Boom yeah. Howdy. Follow yeah, us l- at Boom Howdy. Let us know. Absolutely. So as always, my name is Greg D. And I'm Genius McGee. We'll see you in your dreams.